My name is Scott Chaloner and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a crisp autumn day here in the capital and I'm delighted to say that joining me on the show today is Andrew Riley, chairman of Mechatherm. Um, Andrew, um, thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Hi Scott and a pleasure to join you and uh, and uh, nice to talk to you and all your listeners. Yeah, fantastic. And just also for those listeners, Andrew, that might not be familiar with yourself and Mechatherm, you're a world-leading provider of bespoke cast house equipment to the aluminium sector, I believe. And um, Correct. Yep. And um, you've also been sort of noticed in your work as well. Um, you've won the Queen's Award um, for export three times. Um, you're also a Midlands Export Ambassador yourself. So certainly making your sort of mark on the industry, I think it's fair to say. Well, we're doing our best. Obviously, what we wanted to be is a successful business and everything else comes from that, basically. But we do like to put a bit back in because we have had help over the year and, and over the years and hopefully some people can sort of shortcut their jumps to success rather than making some of the mistakes that we've made over the years. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, there's always a learning curve to be had within leadership, isn't there? Every single day is a school day. And I think one of the most significant learning curves that we've all experienced, industry at large has experienced, um, is the last 18 months, isn't it, with the COVID-19 pandemic? And that's had a significant impact on yourselves turnover-wise, of course. Um, so what operationally were some of the biggest challenges you'd say that you've sort of had to overcome during this period? Okay, well, the biggest one was we all of a sudden, practically overnight, we were not allowed onto any of our customers' sites. We couldn't travel abroad or we, and we didn't understand the rules, nothing. So we had to very quickly look at our cash flow to see what was going to happen if our service business shut, which effectively it did for 18 months, unfortunately, um, and obviously we'll come up with a plan to manage it. I'm obsessed with cash flow on the basis that if you uh, you can make a loss on uh, a contract, but if your cash flow is okay, you will survive. Exactly. Exactly right. Um, and when it came to sort of being in the thick of that sort of difficult situation, um, was it a challenge to sort of maintain morale amongst sort of your colleagues when obviously there would have been quite a lot of worry, in, especially in those early weeks of the crisis? Morale, to maintain morale was probably the hardest thing to do. I don't know. I mean, you, how can you maintain morale? I mean, our turnover dropped from 34.9 million to 8.2 million. And, you know, so you can see, and we've been exporting 90% plus of our turnover. And with all the tales of woe that were coming through the press, the employees quite rightly were asking questions about, well, will the company survive? Will we have a job? Et cetera, et cetera. So we had lots of, briefings with them. We tried to keep them as fully informed as we possibly could. Unfortunately, we had to make a series of redundancies from over 40 out of the 84 that we had pre the um, lockdown. And uh, we used the furlough system. But the key was to try and be as open and as honest as possible. Yeah, was absolutely right. And uh, that sort of openness, that real transparency, I mean, it's important not just in times of crisis, but also in leadership by and large, isn't it? And I think if you do sort of have that culture, um, you'll sort of reap the benefits, won't you? Because when the chips are down during a time like this, you'll find that your colleagues, yeah. that team around you, they're going to go above and beyond for you, aren't they? 
Well, that's absolutely right. So what do is oh, I'm obsessed that every problem that uh, you get you somewhere in there you find out that poor communications unfortunately contributed to it. So we, we have we're you know keen we're silver members of the investors in people, and we have our we're just about to have our uh, three yearly review actually, which will be interesting. But um, we but I take very great interest in that because because. You're only as good as your um, employees and your colleagues, and you know if they're not performing, you won't perform. And I think a big part of sort of giving them the platform to go and perform is making sure that they're in sort of the right kind of mental state, so their well-being is good. And obviously, that's something that's been significantly amplified during the uh, the pandemic, and rightfully so. Um, but something that we've been talking an awful lot about, particularly within our organisation, the Leaders Council of late, is um, the importance of sort of starting with the self on that side of things. Because when we think about mental health and having to lead by example, if we're sort of running around looking after every Everybody else and you know we're neglecting ourselves and we're sort of burning out and breaking down at the top of it all um, that doesn't necessarily set the best example does it so it's important to remember that even as leaders we are able to sort of take that step back as and when we need to as well absolutely yes so you, you, you're only as good as your weakest link aren't you so uh, that involves everybody so it's a hundred percent team game and you do have to look after your mental health. A, a part of that, I find, is having people you can trust. So I see it comes back to what I said earlier. You have to have good team members. You have to give them all the training and support, and then you trust them. And yeah, they will make mistakes as we all do, but mm. you know, together we will get over them. And when we think about mistakes, um, do you think that that's an inevitable part of leadership? Do you think we almost have to have setbacks in order to learn and improve in our roles? Absolutely. I think I've learned the best lessons from when I made mistakes. <laughs> you, you certainly make sure you don't want to do that again. Whereas if you have a success, the, the, you know, the, um, the, the sort of the temptation is, oh, we can tweak that a bit more and, you know, that will get a bit better for us, a bit more of a success. Whereas, you know, you, the mess, well, the lessons I certainly learn are the, some of the cracking mistakes I've made in my past. It's that win or learn mentality, isn't it? It's not win or fail. I mean, if you do fail, if you do have a setback, you learn from it and you use that to really kick on and improve exactly right. And uh, um, thinking about sort of the last 18 months uh, by and large, um, Andrew, um, would you say that there are some things that you've sort of learned from this experience and managing through this crisis, even as unprecedented as it was? If you you, uh, are open with your employees, they will go above and beyond, which ours did. And uh, it's the it is to have an open door policy so they can come in and talk to you for however long they see you know they need about their overall problems, family problems, whatever they may have. Yeah, that, that is one of the benefits, is because Mechatherm is a sort of a well, my father started the company in 1972, so that's one of the benefits of sort of I've, I've worked there 40 odd years, so everybody knows me and the other directors and um, you know you can go in and have a chat as and when exactly right um, and obviously looking to the future of the uh, the business now um, obviously even though restrictions are gone for the time being with the variable of new variants being out there um, 
obviously export is an industry that has sort of suffered not just through the pandemic but also is suffering a bit of a covid hangover and not least due to the fact that obviously we've suffered with covid but also we've had to sort of get around the uh, the brexit side of things having been fully enacted at the start of this year um so moving forward is there optimism that sort of the business is now starting to recover or are you still having to sort of get over some hurdles no where we picked up some orders uh a sort of an order in Indonesia, another one in Romania, one in Russia, mm. and another one in America. And our service business is starting to pick up, so I'm pretty certain we'll survive. One of the one of the downsides of our business is that the contracts are typically one to two years in length, and so we 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 picked up these orders in the last couple of months, and our year end is the end of February, so they don't actually impact the accounts. So we're going to have a pretty tricky, you know, the accounts of the year we're in. They'll impact next year's accounts, not this year's. So that this year's is going to be an interesting um, discussion. But, you know, we, we, we now have an order book and we're confident we can fill it. So, uh, yeah, things are looking up. We're starting to recruit as well, which is good. Mm. And to even think about that, expanding the business in that sense, I mean, it's fantastic considering the times that we've uh, gone through and incredibly encouraging. And uh, you mentioned as well, of course, your investors in People Silver Partners. You've got your sort of three-year review coming up. And are you optimistic that it could be sort of a gold grab this time around even? Well, I think that might be a bit ambitious. <laughs> we're going to, I mean, we're, we'll see. I mean, we'll obviously go for it, but uh, I think I have to be a bit realistic in the you know, everybody's worked hours and above because one of the things we found is that people working from home and things and getting this lot, they, everybody seems to be working longer than before. Mm. And the temptation is not to look after yourself and do everything seven days a week, which obviously you can do that in the short term, but that's not a good long-term strategy. So, mm. um, so if we can maintain our silver status, I should be more than happy. But we do yeah, want to go for gold yeah. in the future, but just, I think, you know, this year that might be a trifle ambitious. Yeah, it's just when sort of everything's still kind of as heated as it is, isn't it? Let the landscape kind of Correct. shift, let it calm down and then sort of move forward um, in tandem. Absolutely right. Um, and um, obviously, if we think about kind of the next year that's uh, coming up, I mean, by this time in 2022, let's say, um, Andrew, what ideally would you really like the business to have achieved then? Right, well, I'd like, to have got it back to a position where our service business is uh, up and running fully again because I've set the guys the task of uh, growing the service business such that the profits from that cover all the overheads of the uh, entire business because once that happens, we're almost future-proofed. So uh, that's something I desperately want to achieve. I've been trying to achieve that for about four or five years and, and we're getting there and we will get there it's just a question of when and how we we do it so that's what i'd that's would be my preference obviously being as i own 35 percent of the company i would like my dividends to go up because at the end of the day Absolutely. we're all in this to make money and and um, the dividends have been ravaged over the last few years because and fortunately all the shareholders um, have bought into our plans and so uh, everybody's on board which is also a big plus 
Yeah, fantastic. And hopefully you've got the springboard to go and succeed in that sense now that the export side of the business is picking back up again, as you mentioned there. And um, just lastly, Andrew, before we uh, we wrap up, having talked about the uh, the company, um, a lot of our regular listeners um, are very much of the younger entrepreneurial mindset and are maybe thinking about starting companies of their own. So as an yep. experienced businessman, um, if you had to sort of give any piece of advice to somebody looking to start out to really get them on that road to success, what advice would you give them? Okay, well, on the exporting side, I would go and talk to the the um, international trade advisors that the government provides. You can get hold of those through the, your local chamber of commerce because they will put you on to you know, lots of uh, courses, people to talk to, people who've done it before, it's, and you'll go up the learning curve so much quicker. You can pick them up. I mean, we find them very useful now. You know, so we've been exporting since 1973 actually and we don't know it all by a long way so we're, we're always talking to them so you know talk to people who've done it before is would be the you know if you've that's the thing to do. Mm. It's learning, isn't it? It's consulting other people. And I think we probably learned more than anything else over the last couple of years that we're not alone in what we do, are we? We can always learn from other people. We can always network. And that's probably one of the best things you can do when you're starting out. Go and speak to the experts. Be willing to learn from them. And then go and do it yourself. Don't try and just sort of jump before you, jump off a cliff before you can fly, basically. Absolutely, because you don't know everything. You don't even know what you don't know. So, so um, yes, the more experts you can talk to, the better it is. I mean, you don't have to believe everything they say, but you, you, put, you put it down and you cut pieces out of what they say into your plan and, and you will move forward much quicker. I think One other thing about that is when it helped, yeah. you touched on it earlier, your mental health when you're starting a business, you have some very tough things to do and sleepless nights and things. And if you if you can talk to other people, you'll see you're not the only person who's suffered this. And that is a big help. I can tell you that helped me in this 18 months because when all of a sudden, when all your order box collapses, I've never seen anything so bad before. I've been through three recessions before then, but nothing like this one. And uh, when you talk, first of all, you think, my God, what are we doing? And then, mm. then you talk to people and find out that, uh, well, everybody's going through the same. And you think, oh, well, okay, well, that's not brilliant still. <laughs> At least it's not just me. Yeah, exactly right. And I think another key thing as well is don't expect overnight success. You've got to be willing to put that hour, th- those hours in and put that work in, haven't you? Absolutely. When we start a new, what we do, we, um, because, you know, 84 people, you can't export from scratch to every country uh, at a time, we pick a market, the the low-lying fruit, shall we say, and go for those first. That's what we did. And even that, you can write off the first two years profitability. You know, you have to put your time in to get known into the marketplace, go and talk to people there and find out and get and get yourself known. So you do absolutely, putting the time in and going there to visit and talk to people is absolutely essential. It absolutely is. And I think that's incredible advice indeed for anybody tuning into this that might have that big idea. Go and consult people, go and learn before you really go out there and do it. Um, Andrew, thank you ever so much for joining us on the uh, the programme today. It's been absolutely fantastic having you and getting a bit of an oversight as to what's been going on um, at Mechatherm, but also sort of getting a little bit of a, your viewpoint as to what's behind a successful business. And who knows, I mean, maybe even at some point in this next year, as you start to execute your own plans, we might even be back on this program talking about some of the successes that you've had. 
Well, I hope so. So we've, we've started well with these uh, with these new orders, and some one of them in particular is slightly different to what we've done before. But you know, that's you take time, and you've got to develop your product all the time. So, and I'll just say, if anybody thinks would like to talk to me, ask any questions, then you know, please pass on my contact details. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mechatherm.com, I think, is the uh, the business website. Well, mechatherm.co.uk. Oh, yeah, but the website is mechatherm.com. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, mechatherm, uh, that would be um, M-E-C-H-A-T-H-E-R-M, just for anybody interested right. in uh, tuning in. Some contact details are all there um, as well. Um, Andrew, thank you ever so much for joining us on the uh, the show today. Um, it's been absolutely fantastic having you, and do take care and stay safe with everything still going on as well. Um, and you and everybody yeah. else. Thanks, Scott. And also to all of our regular listeners tuning in, if uh, you feel as well that you might have your own story of success and of innovation to share running your own business, then you by all means can also apply to be on the programme via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. And who knows, it might be you that we're speaking to next. Um, Until that next time, everybody tuning in, take care and goodbye.